coming to you from Minneapolis, Minnesota, a conversation about the great and sometimes not so great outdoors. I'm your host, Jody Gruen, and we do this for fun. Hey, it's Jody. With many of us building work relationships through Zoom these days, we can get a glimpse of who a person is by their background. Books, photos, art, musical instruments, plants, animals, you name it. You can learn a lot about someone if you take time to notice. Sometimes it's super obvious, like when the background is a window, which I'm actually seeing right now, with mountains, desert, farmland, sea, or woods behind the human in the screen, who is very clearly in a vehicle. That's when you know you're talking to a van lifer. People can surprise you. I was working on a project with someone I respected for her intellect, professionalism, poise, and commitment. And then I found out in conversation that she was also living a nomadic life. And new feelings came in. Admiration skyrocketed, skyrocketed, and so did my jealousy. Anna Herbie is a plant-based nutrition expert and currently living nomadically. Anna, welcome to We Do This For Fun. Thanks, Jody. It's so fun to be here. I'm so glad to see your face and to see you in your van. And is it an actual van? Oh, yeah. yeah. Um, it's a large van. It's a Ram Promaster. And it's a window van, which means that it came like it, it was maybe on its way to be a passenger vehicle, but it didn't have those seats in it yet, which is perfect, actually, because we didn't have to worry about like taking out seats. But it has tons of windows, which I love. And yeah, I'm in it right now. Wonderful. And in the background, I see like mountains and sky and clouds and green grass. Where are you right now? Yeah. Sorry. Also a little bit of a mess um, on the other half, but (laughs) I am in New Mexico, um, which I've been in New Mexico for a little while, but I'm in Northern New Mexico now near Taos and I'm staying um, in a friend's driveway. Actually, my friend has an earth ship. I don't know if you've heard of those. Yes. We were in New Mexico a couple, um, like a year ago and yeah, so cool. It's very cool. Yeah. So we've just been here in uh, about two weeks exploring yeah. the Taos can you, area. Can you explain the earth ship to our listeners? Yeah. So an earth ship is, it's a living space, um, much like a house and I'm no expert on earth ships. I've just been looking at them lately. So what I've gathered is that it's built like into the earth, kind of like a hobbit hole, um, but kind of into a hill also so that there's a south facing side that is just all windows. And it's meant to be like kind of self-regulating in terms of temperature. So in the winter, all those windows are great just for letting in heat. And then in the summer, you can shade off the windows. And since it's underground, partially, it stays pretty cool. And I think some of the original ones are made out of tires or other like more sustainable materials. And I'm not sure what else I can say, but it's like really a unique, unique structure with kind of the, I think it's like the Adobe kind of style as well. Yeah. Yeah. They're really cool looking too. They're so cool. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, I'm jealous. Such a beautiful place. Have you gone to any hot springs yet in New Mexico? Um, yes, we did when we just started on the road. Like the first stop was New Mexico hot springs. And yeah. that was done in southern um southern New Mexico. 
And we actually just rented a campsite near some hot springs with some friends. And that was kind of our little initiation into van life, which is super fun. And we are going on on the search for hot springs. I think we'll be in Colorado, but this this coming weekend, probably, hopefully we'll find some hot springs too. Oh, well, we could talk about that, but let's start. Let's go back to the beginning and then we can talk about the hunts for all of this cool stuff that you find as you wander around the United States. So starting at the beginning, there's a lot of us that would love, like we love the idea of this lifestyle and our brains are saying like, oh my gosh, that would be incredible. And then they like quickly transition to like, oh my gosh, impossible. There's no way I could do that. So tell us how you were able to, I mean, did you have those moments of like, oh, incredible, oh, impossible, or were you able to just sort of jump in and do this for yourself? Yeah, absolutely. I started on the impossible side and I didn't even want to, like my husband kept bringing it up and he's like always wanted to just live super simply on the road. He's actually lived in his little travel trailer, um, like kind of on and off for, I don't know, maybe 10, 15 years but we had always lived together in a house. And so he would bring it up. He was like looking on Craigslist and I was just like, no, no way. I would never be happy. I don't want to do that. Absolutely not. Um, but what changed is we, well, I decided to hike the continental divide trail mm. in 2021. And, um, since my husband, he's injured, he has, he's medically retired from the military. So hike with me anymore, but he was able to drive along and just like support me and meet me along the way. So he drove his truck and his trailer that he had been living in and was just kind of living out of that. And I was partially living out of that with him, like on, on days that I wasn't hiking. And we did that for, it was about five months. We went from uh, Mexico up to the border of Canada. And so after that, I was like, you know, that wasn't so bad. It was actually kind of fun, <laughs> kind of cool to live on the road. My dog handled it. Okay. My dog was there the whole time. Um, so that was what planted the seed of maybe it is possible. Maybe I don't hate it. Maybe it's a good idea. Um, so when I got this job that I currently have and um, it's, I could do it from air, anywhere. It's a remote job. Uh, I just kind of like all of a sudden had this realization. I should live in a van. We should make it happen. So that's kind of how it all started. And then from there, we started looking for vehicles and thinking about how to make it happen. So you kind of had to do it on like your terms, like have some experiences and kind of test it out. And your hike, which you decided you wanted to do for yourself, kind of gave you that that footing to make you even be able to consider it. Yeah, exactly. Okay. So that was sort of the experiment that allowed you to say, okay, let's do it. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. it really was. It yeah. was really fun. Yeah. Okay. So what are some of the best parts of living this way? I mean, I can see mountains in the background. So for me, I know that it must be partially at least that, but what other things? Yeah, let's see. Um, that's a really big one. Just being able to go, obviously you can go anywhere, almost anywhere. Um, I try not to get on like narrow dirt roads that are bumpy, but aside from that, anything is on the table. And so far, my favorite part has just been kind of discovering places that I didn't know that I was looking for. Mm. Like a few weeks ago, um, I just decided to go on. I had actually signed up for a virtual 5K. So I had to run three miles on a certain day. And so I just looked up a trail nearby and ended up on just the most beautiful, amazing run in the morning. 
um, that I probably never would have done if I weren't just living in my van and could be anywhere. Um, so that's a big one. Just you can see a lot of really cool things. And then I also just love how simple the life is and how it really it's really hard to buy things. And oh, that was in my question list about yeah. stuff. Yeah. Yeah. I just, I like not having as much stuff and just kind of feeling free and not being able to buy things. Although there are still some things that I will buy. Yeah. But it's not like living at an address where you can just like click a button and purchase yeah. something that shows up at your house. Yeah. What about souvenirs? Do you feel like you need to like buy things in the communities that you're living in? So you have, I mean, I know you're creating memories everywhere and maybe those are souvenirs enough, but are there some places where you want to, I mean, do you allow yourself those little pleasures? That's a good question. I don't think I've been on the road long enough to know how I feel about it. So far, I haven't gotten any souvenirs. I've only been buying things that really make sense to have. Um, but I imagine if like the right thing showed up and I, it wasn't taking up a lot of space that I, I might get it just as a memory of a certain place. Right. But so far, like we walked around downtown Taos and there's just so much art and just so many things you could buy. And I was like, no, I can't get any single thing unless it's something that I'm already needing. Yeah. Um, You just didn't even consider it. Yeah. Well, that, I mean, that's a special feeling too, because I think. Yeah, to know that you just have to stop yourself and not just consume. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Okay, so what about um, learning curves? So, you know, what is it, you know, like what did you maybe not expect or what have you had to learn through the experience so far that um, maybe was unexpected? Um, let's see, there was, our first week was really a lot of learning And it's more about like the systems in the van and how things work and how to drive so that the drawers aren't flying open. And (laughs) um, I think that was a lot of it, just getting ready to transition between living mode and driving mode Mm because you have to put everything away. You have to lock all the drawers. Um, And my husband built the, the living space. So he built it in a way that you can't lock the drawers so they don't fly open. Most of the time they don't fly open. Um. And just like how the propane works and how the composting toilet works and how, how to do all that stuff, yeah. um, how to wash dishes with very little amount of water um, and remembering to empty the gray tank because it'll get stinky if you don't. Yeah. Just so many little things like that to make make sure the van is running optimally. So it's like operational kind of things. Yeah. 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 And then I've also really had to think about my grocery shopping because our fridge is very small. So that has has been kind of a learning curve, just changing, trying to buy things that will fit in a small fridge and not buying too many groceries so that I'm overwhelmed with things and I can't get anything in the fridge. Uh So do you have a, well, we'll get to food in a sec. I mean, I want to talk about that a lot with you. Absolutely. Um, What about safety? Is there ever a concern around that? Yeah, I think so. Especially um, sometimes when I'm alone, like most of the time I've been traveling with my husband, but we, we separated for about a month and I went to California. He went back to Texas. Um, So then I like, I'm definitely more aware. So I have like some bear spray with me all the time, just in case and always locking the doors. There's a lot of strategies, especially if you look on TikTok or YouTube, like solo female van life, how do you stay safe? Yeah. A lot of it's just like 
making good decisions. Don't sleep somewhere that makes you uncomfortable and make sure to lock your doors and like closing all the windows, putting up window shades so no one can really see in Mm -hmm. um, and not making it obvious that you're sleeping somewhere. Mm -hmm. And do you typically park, you know, I know you said you're at a friend's house right now. Do you typically use campsites or, I mean, where do you use some of the BLM land? I mean, where, what kind of places do you like to park? Yeah, it's been a little bit of everything so far. Um, I think my favorite is like just in a national forest Mm. out like in the wilderness, which is really cool and free. Um, Mm. Done a few campsites, campgrounds, especially on cloudy days because we're running off of solar power right now. So if the battery gets low, you just kind of have to go plug in somewhere so you can charge up again. So I've done campgrounds for that reason. Um, and I've seen like almost every single friend that I have in the Southwest. <laughs> <laughs> and in California, just stay, I've stayed at everyone's house in their driveway, which has been yeah. fun. Yeah. Oh, fun. All right. What about work? So right now we're talking via Zoom. Mm-hmm. You seem to have not really connectivity problems or anything like that. Like that would be another obstacle in most people's head. Like, I just don't know how I would work from the road. Even if we have a job that we can do remotely, how is it that you manage to be able to work a really professional job from anywhere in the United States? Yeah, well, obviously it was a priority when we were considering and like building the van. And um, so first thing is internet. And we didn't have the answer right away. A lot of people will use like hotspots or little cell phone hotspots where you can toggle off either like AT&T or Verizon or any kind of cell phone network. And so that's an option. Um, But now almost like a lot of van life people have Starlink. I don't know if you're familiar with the Starlink internet. It's a satellite internet, um, Elon Musk's creation. The satellites are very close to the earth, which means the internet's a lot faster than any other Mm. satellite internet. Um, So we, we actually got this while we were living in California and had terrible internet service in like Mendocino County. Um, But we, so it's a satellite. We have it mounted on the roof now and it connects to the modem, which is under the bed. And basically internet is anywhere we want to be. And it's really cool. It's fast. Um, There are some, some downsides to it. If there's any kind of trees or mostly it's been trees. Um, It's really sensitive. So if there's a tree nearby, it might disconnect. And that does happen where I'm just like on a Zoom call and it just disconnects for like five seconds and then reconnects. And if it does that a lot, like it it might do it every three or four minutes and and then we have to move to a spot that is not going to do that. But right now there's no trees around. There are some trees, but they're not close enough. Okay. Um, So that's the internet. And then I'm just like setting it up. We have a swivel seat. The passenger seat will turn. So usually it's facing the front, obviously, but now it turns to face the inside of the van. So I sit there and then we have a swivelly table that is on a mount um, next to this couch, which I'm I'm on. Um, so the table can go in any direction. And yeah, so I sit there with my computer and or I can sit on the couch and that's basically it. Just having a good internet connection and a comfortable place to be. Can you work while the vehicle's moving as well with that system or not? I can. Yeah. Okay. 
I don't do that very much because I get nauseous very easily. Oh yeah. Reading and yeah. And yeah. Screen. Yeah. A few times, like very early on, my husband was like, we need to go like somewhere. And I was like, ah, but I have to check my emails. Yeah. So I just got in the front seat with my computer and did a little bit of work. All right. But that is not ideal. Okay. Got it. All right. So you are a plant-based dietitian. Can you, That's right. can you explain to listeners what that means? Yeah. So the dietitian or the plant-based part, oh, I guess both. I would love both because people might not think of the two maybe going together. Yeah. Um, so dietitian is a nutrition professional, um, but to get, to get the dietitian, it's different than just a general nutrition nutritionist or nutrition degree. Um, it's a very specialized program and very long and involved program. Um, There's a lot of different components to it, but basically you have to be in a a specific dietetics program. I did a master's degree, a master's in nutrition that was also a dietetic program. And and then you have to do an internship where you do rotations at hospitals and you do outpatients and you do um, food service and community rotations. So all of those aspects are kind of in the realm of dietitian. There's a lot, a lot more of a clinical focus, I think, than a general nutritionist. At least that's my perspective. Um, so that's that's kind of what it, what it is to be a dietitian. And then we don't learn about a lot about plant-based nutrition in school, um, unfortunately. So plant-based dietitians are kind of a rare breed. We have to learn it all on our own. Um, these days, there's tons of nutrition information and resources. So it's really easy, a lot easier to access good information. Um, but I guess a plant-based dietitian is one that promotes a plant-based diet, which is free of animal products and focusing on whole grains, beans, fruits, vegetables. It's a great diet, great for diabetes management, any kind of disease reversal or, or management, um, great for weight. And it's good for the animals. It's good for the environment. So I'm excited about teaching people how to follow this way of eating and just being an example myself so that others can can also just even just reducing meat consumption makes a big difference. So that's one of my goals in life is to help more people eat plants. And what that's one a big reason like I wanted to have you on this podcast, not only because you're doing, you know, you're living this lifestyle that so many of us are curious about, but also because you're able to live this lifestyle and be plant-based, which I think that's another obstacle like that. Oh my gosh, I'm vegan. There, There's no way I could like live in a van and be traveling around like, you know, like how do you, how do you eat? Like, how do you, you know, and I would love for you to maybe tell people like, what, what do you eat? Like in order to, you know, keep maintain your plant-based lifestyle on the road? Yeah. Great question. Well, I would argue that it's actually easier in a van. Um, you are traveling more often, but if you're traveling in a car, you have to like think ahead and just bring your snacks and you can't cook. But in my van, I've got, I've got my fridge, I've got my stove, I've got a teapot. I can, make just about anything anywhere as long as I have the ingredients. So that's a plus side. Um, I think the hard part is just, again, the small space and planning ahead. Um, I can basically go to any grocery store. So I like to choose more like natural food stores where there's going to be more like better produce mainly. And the good thing about traveling is that you can be a little pickier. Like you're not stuck with the little 
podunk market in a small town, you can go to a big town and just stock up then. Mm -hmm. Um, So I think that's one key. And then occasionally um, I have been eating out a little bit more because cooking and cleaning in such a small space is just a pain in the butt. Mm -hmm. And so I've just realized that it's okay to eat out a little bit more. And again, if we're closer to like a a vegan restaurant or just a city that's going to have vegan options, we go for that. Um, but what I've been eating specifically, um, pretty similar to like what I eat normally at home. I've just had to simplify things a lot, trying to make more one pot meals. Mm. Like I made a lentil curry, just I sauteed some onions and garlic and I added like a light coconut milk, some vegetable broth and just cooked the lentils in it. And then I had, I think I had brown rice that was already ready to go. Um, so that was a really delicious and easy meal. Um, what I do, sometimes I'll cook like brown rice on the weekends and then have it ready for the week. Mm-hmm. But especially with vegetables, I'll go to the grocery store and then hopefully like that day or the next day I can chop them up. Like broccoli, for example, it can be it can take up a smaller space if you chop it. Mm-hmm. So I do that with almost everything. Just chop it up like cabbage. Cabbage takes up a lot of space. But if you chop it all up, you can kind of squish it into different corners of the fridge yeah which is helpful and then it's also just ready to go like throw in I can make a stir fry um try to always have tofu another thing I love is soy curls have you tried soy curls I you know what I have I have a package of soy curls that I got on a road trip when we went to Banff because I hadn't seen them before but I had heard about them but Mm -hmm. I'm I don't really, I haven't, I've looked up recipes for them, but I also like, this is my one package. I want to make sure it's the right recipe. So I haven't used them and I got them in the summer. So tell, tell, how do you really use those? How do you use them? I use them honestly, when I don't have tofu around because they're shelf stable, they'll last, I don't know, a year. Yeah. Basically anything you would use tofu for, you can put soy curls in. Okay. Um, the most basic example when I'm like really struggling, if I have like an instant noodle packet, like the McDougal's noodle soup, yeah. you can put some soy curls in there and just eat it along with the noodles and the veggies and the broth. And you don't have to do anything. It'll just rehydrate. Oh. But if you want to do something a little tastier, uh, you just rehydrate them in water. It doesn't even have to be hot water. Just add them to water and then you strain the water. You want to like, like tofu, squeeze out the excess moisture. And then you can saute it up, say in a stir fry. We've done that. We've also done barbecue soy curls where all you do is you rehydrate them and you add barbecue sauce and it's so good. And you can have that like on on top of rice or on a bun if you want. That is like, that's like a great camping meal too. I mean, to be able to bring that along, I mean... Yeah. To hardly have to use any equipment. Yeah. That's a good one. Exactly. Yeah. Like when I'm hiking, I'll bring that too. Um, Cause I dehydrated a lot of my own meals, but some of them were kind of, kind of lacking. So if I just had like some extra handful of soy curls to throw in, it really kind of amps up the meal. It's got a meaty, chewy texture, which is pretty okay. delicious. Well, I didn't know this was going to be a commercial for soy curls. I would have brought mine along. Maybe I'll take a picture and put it on social media. Exactly. Yeah. There you yeah. go. Yeah. Okay. So another question around nutrition and food, since you're, that's sort of your expertise and especially around plant-based. And I think most people recognize that, you know, a plant, plant, you know, most people are hearing that plant-based is a healthier way, a healthier approach, especially 
um, just as you pursue and continue through life, but also if you have suffered from some kind of health um, condition, it can really be helpful for you to maintain life and health. Um, so, and a lot of people like to travel and a lot of people don't know how to travel. Like they do road trips, but they just don't know how to travel in a way where they feel like they can actually eat healthy. Um, you know, so, you know, are there alternatives to fast food on the road? Are there ideas for road trip kind of food that you would have that would be easy for people to be able to maintain if, you know, like if they were starting something at home and then they get out on the road and they just feel sort of lost? Is there anything that you would recommend? Yeah, there's lots of options. Um, of course, depending like how you're traveling, if you're going to have a, a hotel with a fridge, that makes a difference. Or if you're yeah. just on the road and then camping, that makes a difference. But I would say um, there's just tons of things you can bring with you, like oatmeal. You can you can do instant oatmeal, but you can also just take like rolled oats and add some hot water, um, bring some cherries, some walnuts if you want, a little bit of maple syrup, or if you want a sweetener, like a little bit of sugar. Um, but if you add some fruit, that's the sweetener right there. You can find hot water like at gas stations. Oh, yeah. Which yeah. is really awesome. Yeah. Um, again, the McDougal soups, like the split pea soup is one of my favorites. And all you do is add hot water and you've got like a really delicious high fiber meal. They also have a black bean soup option. So those are some kind of instant things. Um, and as in terms of fast food, there's there's always some options depends where you are. I mean, if you can go to Chipotle, any kind of Mexican place is going to be really good. Even Taco Bell, I'll admit sometimes in a pinch, like Taco Bell has some really good options, like just some bean and tomato lettuce tacos. I just saw like on veg news that there's like a new crunch wrap or I don't even know what a crunch wrap is. I mean, I've seen them, other people's like recipes, like, you know, but there's a crunch wrap that's a vegan crunch wrap now at Taco Bell. So, I saw that too. Yeah. Uh, I, I would say that is not a healthy option. <laughs> vegan meat, vegan sour, sour cream. Yeah. Maybe a cheese sauce. Yeah. Um, so go with it, more it, like the burrito, like. Yeah, just beans and yeah. vegetables. Right. In, in a burrito or a taco. Yeah. Those are great options. Um, and even like if you're, if you're talking about vegan fast food, there's like, I think Jack in the Box and Burger King have those. Oh, right. Beyond burgers. Again, not healthy, yeah, but if yeah. you really pinch, it is vegan, but maybe like cooked on the same grill as meat. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but it's just getting, it's getting more popular. And I think that's a sign that people are wanting it more mm-hmm. and then hopefully we'll evolve beyond the beyond burger and have like yeah. bean burgers and yeah. Yeah. whole food options that are healthier. Yeah. But the more you look, the more you'll find vegan options almost anywhere. Potatoes also, potatoes are everywhere. Yeah. Like if you're just at any kind of American restaurant, you can get a potato with some salad or something. Yeah. Um, I like to go to like if I or am in a town um and I have a cooler like in my car or something, I like to, you know, maybe stop at like a Whole Foods or something and go to the salad bar and just make a giant expensive salad, but like it's so big nice. that you aren't gonna eat it all at once. Yeah. Have like two meals kind of. And if, especially if you're like taking a trip, that's like a multi-day trip or something and you want to have fresh vegetables. um, I think those salad bars at the right place can be amazing. Yeah. And even if there's no salad bar, you can get like a bag of salad and just, if you go to a hotel, you'll get like a bowl or sometimes you can use the ice. Yeah. (laughs) 
Yeah. It called the ice bucket. Yeah. And then just eat your salad out of that. Yep. Super oh, easy. Gosh. No, another great tip. <laughs> okay. So you had mentioned, I, I was going to bring this up as you said it, but then I'm like, oh, as we're kind of talking about health and like healthy stuff on the road movement. And you mentioned you did a virtual 5k and that made me go, oh my gosh, like there's all these cool, like kind of things that can now get kind of built into your life that you don't need to be physically at the starting line. You mm-hmm. do something, you just go. And, um, that, that was one of my questions is I didn't even think about something like that, but how do you stay fit on the road when you're driving from place to place and you're working full time? And, you know, I mean, how, how is it that you like get the movement in, um, and keep yourself? Yeah. I'm, I'm still working on that one. Honestly, <laughs> it's hard when you're always in a new place. Cause I'm, I'm kind of a creature of habit, especially like I love to run. And when I was living in a house, I always had my routes and I was just like, it's somehow easier to go on a run when you know exactly where you're going to go, when you're going to turn around, what you're going to see. Um, so that's kind of a barrier, but um, getting over that is really exciting and you can see new things and it feels really exhilarating to go on a run in a new place. You just have to like mentally, I have to mentally hype myself up for it. Um, so I would say after a few days in a spot, I'm ready to like go explore or go on a run. Usually the first thing I'll do is just walk. And that's the easiest, absolutely most accessible thing that I do all the time. And I think almost anyone can also do that. Just working some walking in, whether it's in the morning or like after dinner is a great time to go on a little walk. Um, so I'd say walking, running is great if you're feeling a little more adventurous. One thing I'm also doing is yoga, a hmm. little less consistently, but I do yoga in the the mornings. When I lived in Seattle, um, I found a really great yoga studio, and luckily, the pandemic hit, which is not lucky for a lot a lot of reasons. <laughs> but one thing that happened out of that is like Zoom everything, including Zoom my favorite yoga class. Hmm. So. I've been doing that a lot. It's like 6 a.m. yoga, 6 a.m. Pacific time. And I just get the Zoom link every Tuesday and Thursday mornings and can join and do that. Sometimes I'll do it outside if it's warm enough and if there's sunshine. Um, A few times I've done it in like the aisle of my van right here, which is very narrow. (laughs) And I can't do everything like a lot of the sideways moves. Uh I'm going to run into things. Um, But I do that. I would say less consistently than I used to when I lived in a house, but I just try and work it in. And I, I just start to feel like, oh, I got to do some movement or else yeah. I'm going to go crazy. So yeah. Yeah. when it gets to that point, I'm like, all right, go for a run, do some yoga. Um, on all the other days, I just make sure to do enough walking to to keep myself calm and happy. Yeah. So what do you do in your free time then? You know, like, you know, do you work at reg- like, during regular business hours or do you work when you want? I mean, how does that work? And then what do you do with your free time? Yeah, I work, um, East coast business hours. Uh, I'm in, uh, New Mexico at the moment. So that means 7am to like three 30 ish. And sometimes there's other things happening on the weekend or like an evening class that I'll also join for, but those are my hours of working. And then after, after that, I usually do like maybe a walk or just hanging out. Sometimes it's just like organizing the van because I really, it gets dirty. It gets messy really quickly. Um, So it makes me feel better just to have some time to organize everything. 
And then honestly, making dinner like takes up a lot of time for me. I don't know why, but since moving into this small space, I feel like I really need to dedicate a good chunk of time just to like making dinner. Mm -hmm. And so those kind of just walking, hanging out with my dog, making dinner and cleaning up and then relaxing in so it's bed. Like life. It's just like what it's like, like living in a home, except it's just much smaller. Yeah. Yeah. And then it depends on where we're going, what the goals are, but a lot of times the weekend is driving, which is really no fun. Um, but sometimes that's just the reality of it where you pack up on a Friday and then have to drive somewhere to get wherever you want to be for the next week. Cause I try to stay in one place like the whole working week so that I'm not stressed and distracted trying to find a good spot to work. Yeah. I know I had made note that I wanted to ask you about like van dwelling, if it ever feels like slow and messy and stressful, like my experience just on, on shorter trips, like is I get like that or I feel like that. And I was wondering if you also ever have those, those feelings. Yeah. I think the hardest feeling is just like not knowing where to go. Sometimes. Ah, okay. And like not really having a good spot and just kind of having to wander and until you find something that you're like, okay, yeah, I can stay here. Yeah. But that's a really hard, hard thing, but it passes eventually when you find a nice place to be. Yeah. And sometimes it's just like, I just want to go back to a spot that we've already been to because I know that I like it. Yeah. So I've been feeling like that a lot recently where it's like, I just want to go back to Southern New Mexico because I know it. I know I love it. Yeah. But it's too hot there. So we're going to check out Colorado. Oh, yeah. That'll be lovely. Okay. How about loneliness? Like the mental health piece of things? Do you ever feel lonely, homesick? Any of those feelings ever creep in? Um, Not yet. Okay. I mean, I've honestly, this is like my third month living in a van. Okay. And in the past two months, I've, as I said, I've just like seen tons of friends and been at people's houses and um, seen seen more people than I do living in a house for sure. So that aspect of it is definitely not lonely. It's it's an easier way to connect with people because you can be anywhere. Um, and then like my husband's traveling with me, and we're kind of introverts anyway. So. Mm-hmm. Got my husband, my dog, and most of the time that's totally fine. But I think if I were to do it more like isolated, more by myself, it it might be a little bit lonely and maybe a harder time. And I don't I don't think I feel homesick yet. I do feel like I'm so used to living in a house and it's just kind of an adjustment period. It's not what I'm used to. Yeah. Um, so what about an item? Um that you use every day, like that's like a must have kind of item, um, like that you have, that you have to use every day in this kind of a life. There's a few things. Um, just looking around here to see what I use every day. Um, two things that come to mind first is my teapot, which maybe in in a house, you also use the teapot every day, but I love my teapot and just being able to make hot water (laughs) Um, right here, like very close to my bed. I just roll out of bed in the morning and turn on the water for coffee or for tea. Um, But second to that is a little tiny broom because I'm just like sweeping up multiple times a day. Um, Definitely before bed every night, I want to sweep the floor because that's when I'm most likely to like walk on the floor barefoot, but it, it does get really dirty really quickly. 
Yeah. And you have a dog, right? I do. Yeah. Yeah. And how is it a large dog or a smaller dog? He's a big dog. Yeah. He's, um, he's supposed to be 80 pounds. He's a little bit underweight, but I say he's 80 pounds, very big for a dog. Okay. How's it like having, you know, being a, a mom of a, of an animal (laughs) in a van? (laughs) It's, it's both good and bad. Like I love that he's with me Mm -hmm. wherever we go. And it's just so nice to have him. I think it's hard on him. He's 12 years old and he's just kind of a, a very sensitive dog, a home homebody. He doesn't really like traveling. Um, so on the days, <laughs> you know, it's terrible. I feel like a terrible dog mom sometimes on the days where we're like him out of his comfort zone. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> like he, he doesn't mind living in the van. He does mind moving like when the van's moving he is not happy oh, <laughs> and okay. as we stop he'll like go to the door and be like are we getting out even if we just drove like 10 feet I stopped the car and then he's like are we getting out? <laughs> poor dog hmm. um but we have been like at a friend's house for two weeks and he's really loved that there have been other dogs around and um so my strategy going forward is to try and stay longer in places so that we're not always moving because that's really hard on him yeah okay one more question and this is more like on the recommendation sides so for those of us who would want maybe would want to consider this lifestyle or are considering the lifestyle what recommendations do you have for either one of those groups um to either take a step or get take a step in some direction. Yeah, what recommendations? Um, I think one cool thing that we did or we got to do was to test out van life because I have a friend who who was also living in a van and she needed someone to watch her van and her dog for a few weeks. So there's also van rentals, like you can just rent a van and go somewhere. I think that's a really good way to just kind of step your toes in. Um, and like we did that five month trip in the truck and the trailer. So just kind of getting to know what it feels like and what you might need, what the challenges are. And then you can better anticipate the challenges when you're getting into this way of living. Um, and it did take way more time, way more money than I planned or mm-hmm. hoped on. Um, so that's just a warning uh-huh. and just being patient and willing to really think things through and do a lot of research. And there's a lot of thought that goes into, it's not like you just decide one day, oh, I'm going to live in a van and then it happens. There's just a lot between that and actually making it happen. Got it. So if people wanted to follow you and what you are doing, are you like posting? Are you one of the, you know, one of the the people on Instagram who are sharing their stories and, you know, talking about what they do, or I know you mentioned you're an introvert, um, (laughs) you know, is, are you, are you out there kind of sharing your story? Uh, yeah, I would say there's, yes, I am on Instagram and happy to to be followed. It's a dot, no, it's a underscore herbs, H E R B Z. Um, there's a lot of other like van life influencers who are doing way more to document their lives. Yeah. yeah. But I, I really enjoy posting like just little photos and videos of whatever's happening in the moment. Um, it's not super curated, but I would love for people to connect with me there. 
if you want to see more of what we're up to. Yeah. If anyone had any questions, like, would you mind them like reaching out to you through Instagram or anything with that? Sure. Yeah. Okay. That sounds good. I, I will say I've only been at it for a couple months. Um, so I, yeah, but I mean, still, I bet the, the first couple months is probably where there's a lot of, a lot of learning. Absolutely. Yeah. yeah it's well, maybe we could have you, maybe we could have you on like when you're like a seasoned tenured van lifer, like any, you know, once you've hit your yeah. 12, 12 month mark or something. Yeah. That'll be interesting to see how things change. Yeah, definitely. So would you classify what you're doing? This podcast is called, we do this for fun. Would you classify this as fun? Oh, totally. Yeah. Okay, good. <laughs> it's a lot of fun. Yeah. Um, life life was so boring just staying in one place. And now definitely things are spiced up a whole lot. So I think that's a lot of fun. Cool. Well, Anna, thank you. It's so nice to see your face and see the scenery behind you to know where you are and to know that you're um, you're in route to other fun and exciting places. Um, and we can't wait to see what you do next. Yeah, thank you. Yeah. It's so and great I, to chat about it. Yeah, and I also just want to, you know, shout out, like, if also nutrition, plant-based nutrition questions, like, Anna works for an incredible organization um, that does great work and is um, so influential in the plant-based movement. So, um, again, Anna's a great resource. Um, reach out to her for uh, insights and inspiration as well. Yeah, and also tons of information on our website, pcrm.org if you just want to learn anything general about plant-based nutrition. Great. Thanks, Anna. Yeah. Thank you, Jody. Great to talk to you. Yep. We Do This For Fun is brought to you by Boreal, a catalyst for wellness transformation inspired by the beauty of the North. Boreal helps people find and align with nature to power individual health and wellness. Wellness coaching, plant-based and outdoor cooking classes, camping wellness retreats, and more. Learn more at Boreal.com. That's B-O-R-E-A-L-L-E.com. It would mean so much to us if you would follow and subscribe to the We Do This For Fun show page on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you listen to your podcasts. It's easy. Just hit the plus sign or click on follow. many of you read reviews for outdoor gear to help make purchases for your outdoor adventures. The more reviews, the more likely you are to purchase or take a brand seriously. It's like that with podcasts too. We'd love for you to give us a five-star review. And after you've done that, just share a quick comment about what you like about We Do This For Fun. Please share our episodes. Help us make an impact because everyone deserves to have fun out there.